Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, I'm Karen Moscow, along with Tom Keene and Michael McKee, and the opening bell is brought to you by SEI. Imagine when cognitive computing shapes the experience you create for your investors. See how SEI's global operating platform can be your catalyst for business intelligence at SEIC.com slash imagine. Stocks lower at the open. The S&P 500 is down six-tenths percent or 12 points to 1908. Dow Jones Industrial Average down six-tenths percent or 93 points to 16,339. And the Nasdaq down 1.1% or 48 points to 44.54. Ten-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds. The yield 1.68%. Yield on the two-year 0.71%. NYMEX crude oil down 3.6% down $1.14 to $30.73 a barrel. COMEX gold up 1.8% or $22.40 to $12.45 an ounce. The euro $1.0976. The yen 111.73. Tom and Mike. Uh, Thank you so much, Karen. Mike, it's always interesting... When the German central bank speaks, it's not like when we were kids. It was a huge deal, but it's, it's still a big deal. It's the backbone of uh, the, the background of the European central bank coming from uh, the Bundesbank. Throughout the program, we have been tracing uh, the outlook for the global economy through the eyes of policymakers and uh, analysts. And uh, we started with Jack Lew suggesting that there is no crisis in the world. Marty Feldstein agreed. Diana Choleva agreed and pushed back strongly against central banks overreacting yeah. to what we are seeing. The next central bank that everybody's got their eyes on, March 10th, the European Central Bank. What happens next with them? Our Hans Nichols sat down just a few moments ago with Jens Weidmann. He's the president of the Bundesbank. It's clear that the current price developments warrant a thorough monetary policy debate in the sense that oil prices have a major dampening influence on, 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 on prices at this uh, time. But what we must ask ourselves is to what extent this is only a short, short-term development through which we should look, or to what extent it's affecting the medium-term inflation uh, outlook through second ground effects or its effects on inflation expectations. So let me ask you, how would you then guide market expectations? Would you make it clear that you're focusing on this medium-term? I think it's pretty obvious uh, that we are focusing on the medium term, and nobody contests that. Mm-hmm. I think we need a thorough debate first on the necessity to act, and then we can have a debate on uh, the instruments at our disposal. How bad do things need to get before Jens Weidmann, president of the Bundesbank, changes his view on negative interest rates? What view on negative interest rates do you mean? Well, you seem to be fairly opposed to negative interest rates. You seem like that's not necessarily the right. It's the risk-reward payout isn't is the isn't where you'd want it. No, I think what I uh, meant to say uh, was that there are some instruments in our toolbox that I deem uh, much more problematic than others, and purchases of sovereign bonds are certainly among them. I mean, I do believe that in the currency union, uh, as the one uh, like the one we we, we have here, uh, this creates a risk of blurring the lines between uh, fiscal policy and monetary policy, that is problematic for monetary policy for its independence, 
Uh, and in that sense, uh, I consider purchases of sovereign debt as a Ultima ratio instrument. Mm -hmm. uh, the other tools that you mentioned are much more conventional and, uh, in a sense, from my perspective, uh, don't have this same threshold in their, in their application. But again, it's not uh, uh, about single instruments. First, we have to analyze, is there a need to act, or is monetary policy already expansionary enough uh, uh, given the current situation? And then we have to decide which instruments to use. So you're open to negative interest rates? We already have negative interest rates. Uh, and uh, again, this is, uh, I mean, we are moving into uncharted uh, territory. The further we move there, uh, uh, the more we have also to carefully consider side effects uh, that these measures might create. But in principle, uh, this is what central banks do. They set their interest rates. Jens Weidmann, uh, president of the Bundesbank, speaking yeah, of our that, hands. That was quite frank, frankly. That, that, that was a very direct set of comments. Torsten Slack with us with Deutsche Bank. Uh, Torsten, uh, with your perspective and your European perspective, how has – the Bundesbank relationship changed in the last 24 months with Frankfurt and the ECB. Uh, well, it's, uh, I would say that uh, obviously uh, Germany is a very important part of uh, the European Union and a very important part of the ECB decision-making. And, uh, of course, it's uh, critical at this uh, point that uh, we have a good debate about, uh, as uh, Weidmann says, do we need more uh, stimulus, um, what type of stimulus uh, could be needed, and most importantly, the big experiment of negative interest rates, uh, uh, how much further can that go uh, without uh, creating uh, mm. uh, unintended consequences? And what is the Deutsche Bank Torsten Slock view? Is it, are negative interest rates, especially in big economies like the Eurozone, working? Do they need more? I have been surprised that uh, it actually has worked so well in Denmark, Sweden, and Switzerland, and uh, also, of course, for the ECB. Uh, but up to this point, I think the conclusion is that uh, it is working. Uh, the big uh, question becomes uh, now uh, negative interest rates are only modestly negative at minus 0.75. Uh, and what if we do push negative interest rates much further down, uh, you do start to wonder uh, what the implications could be and if this will be as effective as the economics textbook uh, would simply suggest. Uh, because the economics textbook is very clear. It says just lower interest rates, and even if you lower them negatively, that should not be a big problem. Uh, but the problem, of course, becomes, uh, in, in particular in the practical discussion of negative interest rates, do you have negative interest rates both for depositors? Do you have for corporates? Uh, should you have a two-tier deposit system? Uh, will people mm -hmm. start to react uh, from an incentive perspective yeah. of negative interest rates? So a lot of uh, uh, unanswered questions uh, in this uh, experiment uh, that uh, that's uh, being carried out at the moment. Well, let's get back to your research. Uh, negative interest rates certainly work if you want to drive people away from your currency, as the Danes and the Swiss did. Uh, but in terms of the theory that it boosts lending, because banks would rather lend at a small positive rate than deposit cash at the, at the central bank and have to pay for it, is lending rising? Is credit more available now in the eurozone? 
so the issue becomes that once you cut through zero, uh, uh, in theory, exactly as you say, Mike, you should see more lending because uh, if interest rates are plus 50 basis points or minus 50 basis points, that uh, shouldn't at least create a nonlinear effect around zero. But what is a very significant nonlinear effect around zero is, of course, confidence. Uh, there's a lot of confidence. Uh, there are confidence issues around whether uh, zero is a magic yeah. number. And that confidence uh, effect on the negative side could mean, right. in the worst case, that consumers and corporates start holding back because they're losing confidence in whether this experiment is working or not. Yeah, Torsten Slack, thank you so much with Deutsche Bank. And uh, Professor Summers of Harvard, Larry Summers, has made a huge deal about this overlay of confidence upon our monetary and indeed our fiscal certitude as well. What we know with certain, looking at the Bloomberg uh, the Dow negative 182, the VIX up a good stick, 0.48, 1.48 points, 22.46, sort of captures the angst of the morning. I do need to convey that it's a lot better than it was two and a half hours ago. Looking at sterling as the immediate proxy, 138.80 was stunning. We've come back with a bit stronger sterling in the last, oh, 90 minutes, 139.15 on cable this morning. This hour of surveillance is brought to you by Volvo Cars White Plains. Visit volvocarswhiteplains.com. Here's John Tucker. Well, Donald Trump's dominating victory of the Nevada caucuses pushes him further out ahead of his nearest competitors for the Republican presidential nomination, giving his unorthodox candidacy a major boost heading into Super Tuesday contest next week. Hillary Clinton doesn't just want to beat Bernie Sanders in South Carolina. She wants to beat expectations. She is running more than 20 points ahead of Sanders in most polls, heading into Saturday's Democratic presidential primary, buoyed by overwhelming support from the state's black voters. And members of Congress will hear more about the Zika virus today as the CDC investigates 14 new cases of possible sexual transmission. The House Oversight Committee will be getting updates from the CDC and the National Institutes of Health. And Uber Technologies starting its very first motorcycle taxi service in Bangkok, where congestion leads to rush hour traffic speeds in the Thailand capital of just about seven miles per hour. My town in New Jersey is so small, we don't have Uber. We have a guy who drives around in a pickup. You just jump in the back. Just jump in the back. His name is Goober. Goober. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how Uber expands out. A motorcycle? uh, Into this. Yeah. Yeah. Not there either. Uh, oil, uh, West Texas down a dollar twenty-two. That's a deterioration through the morning. Thirty dollars sixty cents. Decidedly not through any level of support that we've seen over the last couple days. Brent thirty-two fifty-two, down a lesser amount, point seven five. This is the greater part of Bloomberg surveillance. Thank you for listening. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Flushing Bank. Open a complete business checking account with $15,000 or more and get a free 16-gig Wi-Fi tablet. Visit FlushingBank.com for details. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender.